All right, I will say good morning. Let us begin. Begin by thanking all of our sponsors for this morning. Sure to thank our commentary sponsors for the month of Tishrei's. Jari and Sarah Walaski in the Schutz of Rufushlema for Zechariah Dov Ben Peral Shira. Shindi and Avram Kelman in memory of their beloved parents and the Schutz of all of those who need a Rufushlema. Dr. Linda Weinberg in loving memory of her husband, Dr. Paul Weinberg, Peretz Moshe Ben Avram. Selma Wolf with immense gratitude to Hashem with three loaves for health for all in the new year. And Leah Sol as a schus for a Shlema for her daughter, Ilana Bas Esther, and for all those in need of Yeshua's. We thank our Dafiomi sponsors for today, Jacob and Julie Blumenfeld, with gratitude to Brian Newman for being awesome. That's not my words, those are their words, which is great. What a, what a beautiful gratitude, beautiful dedication. Sponsored Dafiomi in honor of someone being awesome. Okay? to receive such a dedication. All right, Rose, let's, uh, let's, let's begin. A lot to do today, today. A lot to do today. Baruch Hashem, an incredible daf ahead of us. So today's daf is Lamed Zayin, 37. And we are picking up Emir Hashem on Lamed Vav Amad Beis, 36b at the Mishnah. So the Mishnah says as follows. Kol Mitzvah, say. So now, just so you understand and appreciate the theme. So after going through a number of Mishnahs, a number of different discussions about Mitzvahs, that men are obligated and the women are obligated, or I should say the women are obligated, women are exempt. The Mishnah continues on this theme of creating different categories of mitzvahs. So says the Mishnah, Kol mitzvah she any mitzvah which is dependent on the land. Now we're going to define the exact nature of that statement, what that means. But any mitzvah that is dependent on the land, so the Mishnah writes, Eino no hages ela baaretz, only applies in Eretz Yisrael, the Sheinat but any mitzvah that does not apply in the land or to the land, no haggis bin baaretz bin b'chutzlaretz, applies both in Eretz Yisrael as well as outside of Eretz Yisrael. Okay, like I said, we'll define exactly what this means in the Gemara. Type of Lam Zayin, chutz min ha'arla, with the exception of arla. So let's remember again, arla is the prohibition to eat the fruits of a tree. The first for the first three years after it's planted. So the Mishnah suggests that halacha l'maisa, Arla applies in Chutzla Aris as well. Take a look at Rashi. Chut, I'm sorry. Chutzmira Arla va Kilayim. Kilayim refers to um, forbidden mixtures. Right? So remember again, the typical, the typical example of Kilayim is like Kilaya Karem, like planting grapes and wheat in close proximity. But it really represents again the intermingling of different species. Again, we'll get a little bit more into this in the Gemara as well. So we'll say, so here's what the Mishnah has just done. The Mishnah has created a category. There's something called mitzvahs hataluyos baaretz, which are mitzvahs which are dependent on the land. Again, that, that phrase still needs more specific definition. But mitzvahs that apply to the land only apply in Eretz Yisrael, not in Chutzlaretz. Mitzvahs which don't apply to the land ultimately, again, apply in Eretz Yisrael and in Chutzlaretz. Exception to the rule, Arla and Kilayim, which although, again, they are mitzvahs related to the land, halacha lemaisa apply in Eretz Yisrael and outside of Eretz Yisrael, which means that, for example, outside of Eretz Yisrael, what the Mishnah seems to be saying is, if you planted a fruit tree, you would be prohibited to partake of the fruit for the first three years after you plant that tree. Similarly, again, in Chutz Laaretz, you would not be permitted to go ahead and intermingle different species of plant life as well. Again, we'll define the parameters. Rabbi Eliezer Omer, Af HaChadash. Rabbi Eliezer says, this also applies to Chadash. Now we'll say Chadash, Chadash, and this is actually going to get, this is going to be more tomorrow's sugya, which is a really great sugya. So what is Chadash? 
So remember again, in the world of grain, in the wide world of grain, so the way it works, the way it works is that anything that's planted after last Pesach, right, is called Chadash. So let me just, let me just, let's just chart this. So you have Pesach, for example, Pesach Tavshin Pei Gimel. Pesach 5783. So after Pesach 5783, I planted wheat. I planted wheat. Right? So now what happens? From Pesach 5783 until the bringing of the Omer in Pesach 5784, the carbon Omer was a barley offering brought on the second day of Yantiv. So from so grain planted after Pesach 5783 until the Omer is brought in Pesach 5784, that crop is called Chadash. Chadash. After you bring the Omer on 5784, that crop now becomes referred to as Yashan. That's the concept of Chadash and Yashan. So Rabbi Lazar says, even, even Chadash. Now we're going to see, there's going to be a major machlokas as to what exactly Rabbi Eliezer is saying. Right? Is he including Chadash in the category of Arla and Kilayim? Is he putting it in a different category? That we'll see. Right now, we'll just translate the words, but as it says, even Chadash. Okay, we'll say, that's our Mishnah. The incredible Mishnah, you can tell, we'll say, you can tell already, by a Mishnah like this, there is good stuff coming, right? A lot, a lot of fascinating discussion. So first, the Gemara begins, we'll say, Lamed Zayin, Amadalah 37a, second line down from the top. The Gemara says, let's first, let's first go ahead and focus on definitions. So it says the Gemara, says the Gemara, my Tuluya, umay she'ina Tuluya. What does it mean when we're speaking about a mitzvah ha-tuluya? How would you translate the word tuluya? Tuluya means dependent, dependent on. What do you mean when you say a mitzvah dependent on the land versus a mitzvah that's not dependent on the land? My tuluya, my she'ina tuluya. So, ilema tuluya d'chsiv be'biya, v'she'ina tuluya d'lok siv be'biya. So, I'll say, maybe tuluya means a mitzvah that the Torah discusses biyan. We'll say what biyan in this context means what? Entry into the land. So perhaps a mitzvah hataluyah ba'aretz is a mitzvah in which the, the, when the Torah discusses the mitzvah, it's discussed in the context of arriving in Eretz Yisrael. Look at Rashi. Rashi says, Tuluyah d'chsev be'biyan, she'tulah ha'kasla be'biyan sa'aretz kigon, kisavau, kiyavi'acha. See, that's what it means. So a mitzvah tuluyah ba'aretz means a mitzvah that when you find it in the Torah, the way it's discussed is it's a mitzvah that occurs when you enter into the land versus a mitzvah she'ina tuluya ba'aretz delok siv be'biyah. So means a mitzvah she'ina tuluya a mitzvah that's not dependent on that, is a mitzvah where the Torah doesn't link the mitzvah to the coming into Eretz Yisrael. Here's the problem with that. Hari tefillin upeter hamar. I will say, when you take a look at the mitzvah of tefillin and the redemption of our firstborn donkey, We'll say for both of those mitzvahs, interestingly enough, the Torah discusses arriving in Eretz Yisrael. So it says, Rabbi Eretz Yisrael, take a look at Rashi. Petr Chamar Rashi says, Ksiv b'hu v'haya k'yeviacha b'parshas kadeshli. So we'll say, interestingly enough, both Tfilin and Petr Chamar, the Torah, Torah uses Lashna when you come to Eretz Yisrael. They both say, now clearly, the, what would you say that those are mitzvahs hatuluyos ba'aretz? So it can't be that the definition of a mitzvah hatuluya ba'aretz means a mitzvah in which it's discussed in the context of coming into Eretz Yisrael. Because sometimes the Torah just speaks about mitzvahs in the context of coming into Eretz Yisrael because coming into Eretz Yisrael represents 
becoming an autonomous, responsible nation. So rather, what does it mean? So the Gemara says, and yet we know, everyone agrees, to Mitzvah Petr Hamar, of redeeming firstborn donkey, right? And Tefillin apply both in Eretz Yisrael and outside of Eretz Yisrael. So what's the definition? So I'm Rav Yehuda, so, sorry, I'm Rav Yehuda, this is what it means to say, Komitzvos shehi chovas haguf no heges bein ba'aretz bein b'chutz la'aretz. So we'll see, here comes Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda says like this, a mitzvah, there are different types of mitzvahs. There's what's called a mitzvah chovas haguf. Chovas haguf robos, it means a mitzvah that is a responsibility on the person. Literally again, a mitzvah I perform with my body, chovas haguf, an obligation upon me. So ultimately again, that applies in Eretz Yisrael, and in Chutz Laaretz, versus Chovas Karka, let's say then you could have a mitzvah that really is, that really the, the mitzvah itself is on the land. Such a mitzvah like that, Eino Noheges Elabaaretz. That type of mitzvah ultimately only applies in Eretz Yisrael. Take a look at Rashi just a moment. Chovas Aguf, Rashi says, Hai, uh, Rashi says, Hainu Eino Tuluya Baaretz. So we'll say here, so this is actually quite interesting. So Rabbi Huda says, there are two different categories of mitzvahs. There's what's called the Chovas Aguf and Chovas Karka. Chovas Aguf means mitzvahs incumbent upon the person. Upon the person. Literally, they both say, they are mitzvahs that I perform with my body versus mitzvahs which are performed with the land. So, for example, tefillin, right? Again, Rashi's examples over here. Tefillin, brismila, brismila, avodazara, that's in the avera category. Petachamar, right? These are chovas haguf, and ultimately, again, chovas haguf apply both in Eretz Yisrael and in Chutzlaris versus Chovas Karka. So look at the next Rashi. Chovas Karka. Rashi says, Shemutelas ala Karka o Gidulah. So these are examples of mitzvahs that are, that are upon the land or on that which grows from the land. Kigon, Trumas, Umaisros, Shachuma Maiser, Chala, Leket, Shichacha, Peya, Shvias, Shmita, right? Chadash, Arla, Kilayim. So, right, so again, we'll get into Arla, Kilayim in just a little bit in Chadash. So we'll say, so these are our categories. Now, what I do want to share with you is something very interesting. So you have two different categories. So, 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 it's a very simple distinction. So you have Shemitah, right? Shemitah is on the land. Shumas and Maestros, on produce. Now, just to be clear, even those things that are quote-unquote Chovas Karka, they're still on me, right? In other words, these are my responsibilities to perform. But what it's really saying is the obligation of the mitzvah is only triggered by the land itself. It's not on the individual, it's triggered by the land. So two different categories of mitzvahs. Chovas, chovas aguf, and chovas karka. Chovas aguf, mitzvahs that are incumbent upon the person himself, meaning he performs them with his body. Ultimately, again, those apply in Eretz Yisrael and Chotz Laaretz. Mitzvahs that are only triggered by the land, by the land, those are only incumbent upon, those are only applied in Eretz Yisrael, not in Chutzlars. Fine. Uminani Mili. So we'll say, how do we know to make this, Uminani Mili, how do we know to make this distinction? Says the Gemara, the Torah Banon, Eilah Chukim. So we'll say, the Gemara quotes the Pasek, the Pasek is, Eilah Chukim v'amishpatim 
אשר תשמרו לעשות בארץ אשר השם אלוקיך, אשר השם אלוקי אבוסיך, אשר השם אלוקי אבוסיך, אשר נשאנו השם אלוקי אבוסיך, לכל לרשתו כל היומים אשר אתם חיים על האדם. אז זה הפסק נאו, אנחנו נראה את זה. אז תראו את זה. זה הגמר, אלה החוקים, מה החוקים? אלה המדרשות. These refer to the halachos ultimately again that, that Chazal learned out from drushas. So not necessarily mitzvahs that are explicitly written in a pasuk, but rather they learned that. Vamishpatim, what's that? Elu adinim. These are the halachos that are a bit more explicit. Asher tishmerun, zum mishnah. Ultimately, and above say, so what's tishmerun? Tishmerun refers to the obligation to learn Torah. Laasos, ultimately again, this refers to actions. Maisa, right? Ba'aretz. So when it says Ba'aretz, Yochol, Yochol, Kol HaMitzvos Kulon Lo Yunogos Ela Ba'aretz. So it says, it's an interesting Havamina. You might have thought, you might have thought that all mitzvos only apply in Eretz Yisrael. I will say, so just by the way, just the fact that there's such even like a Havamina like that is, is, is fascinating, right? I might have thought that where does Torah apply? Where does Kalal Yisrael have Torah? In Eretz Yisrael. In Eretz Yisrael. Right? The Gemara says, Tamul Omar, Kol hayomim asher atach asher atem chayim al haadama. Then the Bible says, says all the days in which you live on the earth. What does that mean? The Bible says al adama. Adama means anywhere, anywhere, which tells you that Torah is incumbent upon a person wherever they are. I will say again, I can't say enough. Just the havamin itself is quite is quite overwhelming. Okay, fine. Nevertheless, yeah, e kol yomim yachol yunogim bein baris bein bechutz laaretz. So I'll say, if based on the phrase, kol hayomim, then I might have thought that all mitzvot apply, both in Eretz Yisrael and outside of Eretz Yisrael, Talmud Lomar, Ba'aretz. Therefore, what Pasuk says, Ba'aretz. So I'll say, so now, what you have essentially is are contradictory inferences from the Pasuk. On one hand, the Pasuk says, Ba'aretz, which would have led me to think that what? Mitzvot only apply in Eretz Yisrael. Then it says, Kal yom asher atem chayim ala adamo, all the years in which you live on the earth, which would seem to indicate to me that what? That what? That mitzvahs apply anywhere and everywhere. So which one is it? So which one is it? Do mitzvahs only apply in Eretz Yisrael, or do mitzvahs apply everywhere? To which the Gemara says, So it says, now that the Torah went ahead and had a riboy and a miyot, let's look at the Pasuk itself. So I'll say, what is... What else does it say in this Pasuk? And this is incredible. So I will say, the very next Pasuk, the Pasuk we just quoted from, Avela Chukim, that's Dvarim Perikid Beis Pasuk Aleph. The very next Pasuk, Dvarim Perikid Beis Pasuk Beis, says, Abed Ta'abdun Eskalam Kamos Asher Avdushan. I will say, then afterwards the Pasuk says, Destroy Avodah Zarah. Destroy Avodah Zarah. Now watch this, says the Gemara, Ma'avodah Skochavim Miyuchadaz Shichovas Aguf. We both say, just like idolatry is unique, we both say, now what's the nature of idolatry? Or I should say, remember again, idolatry is in the, is in the Avera category, as we know, but what's unique about idolatry? How does one perform idolatry? With their body, right? With your, with your person, with your person. So, just like idolatry is unique, is that again, it's what we call it's on the person. In other words, we both say, the prohibition of idolatry is triggered ultimately again by personalistic physical activity, by something I do with my person, and, it's, and, and it applies in Chutzlars and in Eretz Yisrael. We create a paradigm from this. We also what we call the Binyanav, a paradigm. 
So to again on both sides, any mitzvah that is a chovas haguf applies in Eretz Yisrael and in chosas. So this is really fascinating because I think even before coming into the daft today, all of us knew these categories, right? You, you could group mitzvahs in two basic categories, chovas haguf and chovas karka. There are mitzvahs that are dependent upon the individual, right? That again are incumbent upon my person. I perform with my person, with my body. And then there are other mitzvahs that are triggered by the land. So mitzvahs triggered by the land only apply in Eretz Yisrael, although we'll see some exceptions to that. Mitzvahs ultimately again incumbent upon my person or are performed with my body apply both in Eretz Yisrael and Chutzar. And I will say, so now, now we have the source for this. Where do we learn it out from? So I will say once again, it's Devarim, Parak Yud Pasuk Aleph. So what do I have? So a Pasuk that teaches me contradictory inferences. On one hand, the Torah says, perform the mitzvot Ba'aretz. But then it also says, which seems to indicate, mitzvot only apply in Eretz Yisrael. Then it says, Kal hayomim asher atem chayim al ha'adama. All the days in which you dwell on the earth. Which seems to indicate the word of mitzvot apply everywhere. So which one is it? Let's look at the very next Pasuk. What does the very next Pasuk talk about? Avodazara. And it tells you that Avodazara ultimately again destroy Avodazara. Destroy Avodazara. Don't worship Avodazara. Now what so what the Gemara is noting is the juxtaposition of Avodazara to the previous discussion. What's unique about Avodazara? Avodazara is a Chobos Right? It's, in other words, it's a prohibition on the person and ultimately applies anywhere. Right? Chobos is Eretz Yisrael. That creates the paradigm. A chovas aguf, a mitzvah, ultimately again incumbent upon the individual, applies in Eretz Yisrael and in Chutzlarz. But a chovas karka, right, an obligation triggered by the land, only applies in Eretz Yisrael itself. Beautiful. That's the limud. So I'll say, let's go back there. Chutz minar olivet So interestingly enough, you know, right after we go ahead and we finish creating this rule, creating this paradigm, what do we do? Now we know the exceptions to it. Because we'll say, based on what we've learned before, what would we say about Arlan Kilayim? What was about Arlan Kilayim? Where do they apply? In Eretz Yisrael. Yet, again, the Mishnah said, Tanakhama said, Chutz mina Arlan Kilayim. So it says the Gemara, Ibaiduhum. So we'll say, so fine. So actually, interestingly enough, the Gemara kind of bypasses that for just a little bit and actually goes to the end of the Mishnah. Again, we'll discuss why Arla and Kilayim are different. We're going to see why they're different. But we're now bypassing and going to the end of the Mishnah. Rabbi Eliezer said, even Chadash. Even Chadash. So now the Gemara says, what is he saying? Rabbi Eliezer, the Kula Palig, or the Chumra Palig? Is Rabbi Eliezer coming to go ahead and be more Mekel, more lenient than Tanakama, or is he coming to be more Machmir? What exactly is it that he is saying? Watch this. The Chumra Palig, maybe he's coming to be Machmir. And he says like this, Vachi Kamar. Vachi Kamar Tanakama. Right, Tanakama says that ultimately, again, Arla and Kilayim ultimately are, are one is obligated in the Menchus Lards, even though it would appear that they're Chobas Karka, and that's based on a Halacha Lamoshim Sinai. Hilchus Agimirila. So, Halacha Lamoshim Sinai. So, right, Hilchus Agimirila. Avagav the Eagle of Meymar, Chobas Karkahi, Aval Chodash Ba'aretz in, Bechutz La'aretz Lo. But the Tanakama would say, Tanakama would say, Chadash only applies in Eretz Yisrael. So in other words, the Tanakama will say, there's an exception for Arla and Kilayim, and we'll discuss the nature of that exception. We'll see why there is. But according to the Tanakama, Chadash, I just want to say, 
the prohibition to consume Chadash only applies in Eretz Yisrael, not in Chutz Laris. My time, what's the reason? Moshav, Moshav, La'achi, Yerushav, Yeshiva, Mashma. Shabbosai, the Torah, when it talks about, when it talks about um, the prohibition of Chadash, uses the Lashon of Moshav. Shabbosai, Moshav means in your habitation. In your habitation. The Gemara is going to discuss in just a little bit that whenever you see the word Moshav, Moshav means that the mitzvah only applies after, after the conquering and settling of Eretz Yisrael. Okay, so we'll say that's the position of the Tanakhama. As the Tanakhama holds, Arla and Kilaim are an exception. They will apply in Chutz Laaretz, but Chadash does not. And Abbas comes along and says, no. Abbas disagrees and he says, no. Chadash also applies in Chutz Laaretz. My time, what's the reason? Because Rabbi Eliezer understands Moshev bechol makom sha'atem yoshvim. Because Rabbi Eliezer says the word Moshev means what? Anywhere you live. Anywhere you live. As such, the prohibition of Chadash will apply anywhere we live. So remember, what are we trying to figure out over here? We're trying to figure out what Rabbi Eliezer, what, what exact, how, how we understand his statement in relationship to the Tanakhama. So first possibility is, Rabbi Eliezer is coming to be Machmir. Rabbi Eliezer is coming to be Machmir, he's coming to Machmir and say, Tanakhama says, only Arlan Kilaim applying Chutz Laaretz, but Chadash does not. And Rabbi Eliezer says, yes it does. Yes it does, why? Because the word Moshev in your habitation means anywhere you live. Anywhere you live. Fine. Oh, Dilma. The other possibility is, Lekula Palik. Maybe Rabbi Eliezer is actually coming to be Mekel. Coming to be Mekel. How so? Vachi Kamer, Vachi Kamer, Tanik Kamer, Chutz Mina Arla Vakilayim, Dehilchosa Gimirila, Vekol Shekein Chadash, Demoshev, Komakom Sha'atem Yoshve Mashma. Supposedly, watch this. Maybe the halacha is like this. Maybe Tanakhama is saying it's possible. Supposedly, get ready for this. Tanakhama is saying, Tanakhama is saying this. Arla and Kilayim apply in Chutz Laaretz. And that, that is a halacha of Moshe Misinai. Certainly, Chadash applies in Chutz Laaretz. Why? Because by Chadash, you find the word Moshev. What does Moshev mean? What does Moshev mean? Anywhere you live. So we'll say in this version here, the Tanakhama doesn't even have to mention Chadash because of course Chadash applies in Chutz Laaretz. It comes on Whereas Rabbi Lazar is coming along and saying, Chadash only applies in Eretz Yisrael. Why? Because ultimately, again, the word Moshev applies this, means something only applies after Eretz Yisrael is conquered and settled. Conquered and settled. And when he says Af, Rabbi Lazar says Af in the Mishnah, what does Af mean? Akamaisa. Akamaisa means it's referencing back to the original part of the Mishnah, namely the mitzvahs that are a chobas karko only apply in Eretz Yisrael. So we'll say, see, hear this? Two different ways to read Rebbe Lazar, which essentially means two different ways to read the Tanakhama. In version one, the Tanakhama is saying only Arla and Kelaim apply in Chutzlars because it's Allah Chalamoshim Misinai, which we haven't discussed, which we'll see. Right? Chadash, according to Tanakhama, doesn't apply in Chutzlars. Why? Because by Chadash, the Torah uses the word Moshev, and Moshev means only after the settling and conquering of the land, which means Chadash only applies in Eretz Yisrael. Rabbi Lazar comes along to say, no, Chadash does apply in Chutzlars as well, because the Torah uses the word Moshev. Moshev means wherever you live. That's version one. So in version one, Rabbi Lazar is coming to Imachir. In version two, the Tanakhama says, Arlan Kalim apply in Chutzlars, and of course Chadash applies in Chutzlars. Of course it does. Why? 
because the Torah uses the word Moshev, and Moshev means wherever you live. And Rabbi Lazar is coming to say, no, Chadash does not apply in Chutz Laaretz. Chadash is part of the category of Chavas Karka, and Moshev means only something that applies after this conquering and settling of the land. So we'll say, so what is Rabbi Lazar coming to say? Incredible. So let's analyze what we'll say. So Tashma, Tashma, so we'll say we are now Two, four, six, eight, ten, eleven lines are from the bottom. So Tashma, Damra Baye, Mantan de Palikali Rebelazar. Who is the Tana who argues on Rebelazar? Rabbi Shmali, it's Rabbi Shmali. We'll say that what Rabbi Shmali say. Tisanya, the Lamdecha, Shakomakom Shene Amar Bo Moshav, Eno Elala Acha Yerusha Vyeshiva, Divre Rabbi Shmal. So we'll say Rabbi Shmal holds that Allah may say anytime the Torah uses the word Moshav in your habitation, Ultimately, again, Moshev always means after Yerusha and Yeshiva, after the land is conquered, right, inhabited and divided. So, Amr Allah Rabbi Akiva, Hare Shabbos, Shene Amar Bo Moshevos, Venohagos, Venohagas, Bein Ba'aretz, Bein B'chutz Laaretz. I'll say, but one second, the Torah by Shabbos says, Bechomosh Vosechem, right, Lo Sevaru Ish Bechomosh Vosechem Yom HaShabbos. And I'll say, we know Shabbos applies everywhere. Shabbos doesn't just apply in Eretz Yisrael. What do you do with that? Amrali Shabbos Kavachomer Asya. Shabbos is learned from Kavachomer. Ma mitzvos kalos nagos bein baris bein bechutz laaretz. So we'll say, quote unquote, more lenient mitzvos ultimately again apply apply both in Eretz Yisrael and bechutz laaretz. Shabbos chamir lekol shekain. Certainly Shabbos applies. So the Gemara says, I will say. Now watch this. Now, now let's pause here for just a second. So I will say. Remember again. So Abaye. So the fact that Abaye says that, who, that Rabbi Yishmael is the opinion who argues on Rabbi Eliezer, right? Rabbi Eliezer, sorry. Right? And I will say, what does Rabbi Yishmael hold? Rabbi Yishmael holds that wherever the Torah uses the, uses the Lashon of Moshev, Moshev means what? Moshev means what? Something only applies after the conquering and settling of the land. Right, which means, Rabbi Osai, that it must be that Rabbi Eliezer himself holds that Moshev means wherever you live. Wherever you live. Shmamina, Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Eliezer, Lechumra, Palig, Shmamina. So Rabbi now watch this. Now we just answer our question. So therefore, it turns out that Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi is of the opinion that Moshev means, Moshev means wherever you live. It supplies wherever you live. As such, Rabbi Eliezer, how do you read the Mishnah? Here's how you read the Mishnah. Tanakama holds, Tanakama holds, Arla and Kilayim applying Chutz Laaretz. Why? Halach Lamosh Sinai. But the Tanakhama holds Chadash does not apply in Chutz Laaretz. Rabbi Eliezer holds, yes, it does. Why? Because ultimately, again, Rabbi Eliezer holds that the word Moshev means wherever you live. Since the Torah uses the word Moshev by Chadash, by Chadash, ultimately, again, Halach Lamosh it applies in Chutzah. So if Rabbi Osai, Rabbi Eliezer is coming, Rabbi Eliezer is coming to be Machmir, Tanakama holds, Chadash doesn't apply in Chutzah, Rabbi Eliezer holds, yes, does. Rabbi by the way, I just want to point out to you, just to understand, this is such an important sugya. Rabbi Osai, to this day, there are people who are Machmir, there are people who are careful on Chadash, there are people who are not. So Rabbi Osai, it always sounds like a strange thing. Machmir and Chadash, not Machmir and Chadash. So, you know, are you Makbir on Shabbos? Not Makbir on Shabbos, right? How do you come? Say, so it's always interesting. Say, so again, I just want to point out we have a lot more to do, but this is it. This is it. This is the discussion. Does Chadash apply in Chutzla Aretz or not? So this is the Machlokas. 
Tanakama says it does not. Moshev means only in Eretz Yisrael. Rabbi Eliezer, yes, it does. Moshev means wherever you live. So incredible, says Kavaiter. O Michti, so let's analyze a bit. Michti, Rabbi Shmuel, we'll say, what does Rabbi Shmuel, when Rabbi Shmuel is talking about Moshev, what is he actually referring to? Anasachim. He's referring ultimately to the, to the obligation to bring wine libations. So I will say, Benesachim, Bia Amadeis, Benesachim, Bia Omoshev Ksibu. We'll say, Benesachim, Benesachim is different because by wine libations, the Torah uses both Voloshim of Bia and Moshev. Right? We'll say, Apostle says, Tabra Bene Yisrael, Amartalein, Kisabo El Eretz Moshevo Seichem. So we'll say, Benesachim, by wine libations, there's a double Oshim. There's a double ocean of entry into the land and settling the land. Hachikam, this is what it means to say. The Lamed Shekom Mokom Shen Emar Bia Umoshav Eino Ela Laachi Yerushav Yeshiva Derev So we'll say ultimately again what it means to say is that Allah Alamayis Rabbi Shmuel saying wherever the Torah says Bia and Moshav entry and settling that comes to teach you that Allah Alamayis the mitzvah only applies after the land was conquered, divided, and settled. Iachi Amul Rabbi Akiva. Hari Shabbos Shneimar Bamoshavos. They will say. So the problem is Rabbi Kiva says like this. Rabbi Kiva says like this. Now it happens to be. Um, okay, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll come back if we have time. I want to talk to you about Nesachim. Just a moment. Let's just get through a little bit more. So Rabbi Akiva says, Rabbi Shol, here's the problem with your statement, right? So Rabbi Kiva wants to say wherever the Torah says Bia and Moshav, ultimately that means that the mitzvah only applies after the land is conquered and settled. I. What about Shabbos? What about Shabbos, where it says Moshavos? Ultimately, again, so Rabbi Shmuel says Shabbos is Kal Vachomer. Right? If missiles, Kalos, if simpler missiles, or, or easier missiles, more lenient missiles apply in Chutzlars, so only more Machmer missiles apply as well. So, instead of answering with Kal Vachomer, why didn't Rabbi Shmuel say, Rabbi Akiva, I'm only talking about missiles where it says Bia and Moshav. Shabbos has Moshev, but doesn't have Bia. So the Gemara says, Chada va'od kamalei. So Rabbi Shlomo was saying two things. Number one, Chada da'ana Bia Moshev kamina. Number one, Rabbi Shlomo is saying, I'm only saying that mitzvahs only apply in Eretz Yisrael, right after the conquering and settling, when the Torah says Bia and Moshev. Shabbos doesn't say that. Therefore, Shabbos applies everywhere. Furthermore, 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 the words va'od va'od the amrit hari shabbos nara ba'moshavos shabbos kavachomeri. Fine. Shabbos says, says the words. So Rabbi Shmuel was essentially advancing two reasons as to why shabbos applies in chutz laaretz. Reason number one is that Rabbi Shmuel says I only hold that Allah halamai says something is dependent on the land when it says bia and moshav. Shabbos has moshav not bia. Furthermore, there's a kavachomer that says that shabbos applies in chutz laaretz as well. Shabbos says my kamerfligi. What are Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Shmuel arguing about? Well, say, this is incredible. And we'll say, what they're arguing about was, were there wine libations in the desert? Right? You know, again, that there were karbanos in the desert. Were there nesachim? Ultimately, were there wine libations in the desert? Rabbi Shmuel, sabr, lo kirvu. Rabbi Shmuel says, ultimately, again, and I will say, Rabbi Shmuel's individuals, right? There, there, there was no, there were no nesachim. In the desert, Rashi says, "Rav Shmuel Savar Lo Kirvun Nesachem Amidbar Viyafa Gav Dechsid B'Miluim V'Zeh Shar Tassal Mizbeach Uksid Bein Nesachem Ba'olas Atamid B'Karbon Sibrahu Da'avu Aval Hayichidim Lo Neschayvu B'Nesachem Ela Mibias Haaretz Ve'Elach La'Achiru Shavishiva." So, Rav Shmuel says like this: 
Rabbi Shmuel says, while there were wine libations brought as part of communal offerings, there were no wine libations brought as part of individual offerings in the desert. That only began upon entry into the land. Right? The Gemara says, so, Rabbi Akiva Savar, Rabbi Akiva says, no, there were, there were wine libations often offered up even in the desert. Shabbos said, that's the Machlokis. Here's the problem. This version of Rabbi Shmuel contradicts another version of Rabbi Shmuel. The time of Rabbi Shmuel we learned, There are many times ultimately again where the word bia, right, entry, is used in the Torah stam. And ultimately again, yet by one of them, one of them is more specific. I will say which one of them is more specific. Look at Rashi. Part of the Chabah Achas Mehen, Gabi Melech Ksiv, Kisabo Ela Aretz, Vyrishta Vyshaftaba. So I will say one time when there's Lashon of Bia entry, there's also more explicit Lashon of Vyrishta, you will inherit it and you will settle it. So what does that teach us? So the Gemara says, So what does that teach us? Part of the Chabah Achas Mehen, Laachay Rusha Vyshiva, Afkal Laachay Rusha Vyshiva. So I will say this appeared Rabbi Shas is like this. Normally, you find the Lashon of Kisavo entry into the land many times. One time, the Torah used Lashon of Bia with Yerusha and Yeshiva. What does that come to teach us? That every single time there's Lashon of Bia, entry, entry, entry always means after conquering and settling. The Idach, Mishum Dahavamelech, the other will say, no, 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 a king, the, the Mitzvah of a king. And the mitzvah bikurim, we will say, are both mitzvahs that only apply after you enter and sell the land. But there are two, there are two, there are two concepts. Shneiksu v'nabayikachad, and as we've seen before, the chol shneiksu v'nabayikachad in melandin. We can't learn out. We will say a rule from from two instances in which the Torah states the same principle. The other people will say, tzuicheni debalt why? Because of Rachman Melach, the lokasa bikurim had the Torah just written a king and not written bikurim. Hava mina bikurim. To come is Hanila altar. I would have said ultimately again, Bikurim, you get benefit immediately upon entering the land and then from the fruit, and therefore maybe Allah the mitzvah does apply immediately. Because of Bikurim, the Lokas of Melech, and I had just written Bikurim and not Melech, Havamina, Melech the Dark Olechabeshla altar, a king who is necessary to lead the army to conquer. Maybe you appoint him immediately upon entering into the land. The Idah, the other opinion would say, Nichtov Mel Rahman Melech, Lo Bai Bikurim, just write king and don't worry about Bikurim. The Ana Amina, and I would say, Uma Melech, Delchabesh, La Achirushabishiva, just like a king who's necessary for conquering, but only applies after you conquer and settle the land. Bikurim Lakosha King. Certainly Bikurim only applies after the conquering and settling of the land. The Idah, the other opinion would say, I Kasafaki, if it would say that, Hava Mina Mida Dahavi Achalo. I would have looked at Chalo. I will say, look at Rashi, Chalo. You're obligated to separate Chalo as soon as you enter into the land. So come Ashmalon. So stop here for just a moment. So again, that was a little bit just of a tangent with two different opinions of Rabbi Shmuel. But I will say, here, so here's, here's what we have. Just, just to be clear what we have. What we have is a fundamental machlokas Tanakama and Rabbi Eliezer about Chodosh. Here's what everybody agrees with. Right? So always concerned what you're with. What Here are the categories of mitzvos. Chovas aguf, which means mitzvos that you perform with your person, and therefore again apply chotzar as Eretz Yisrael. Category two, chovas karka, which are mitzvos that what? 
Right? So we'll say we're, we're going to reform our lashon. It's not just that they're incumbent upon the land, because we'll say, I'll give you an example. Even Shemitah, which is the paradigmatic mitzvah to Ba'aretz, Shemitah is, is on me. In other words, the mitzvah is on me. The better way to say Chovas Karka is mitzvahs which are triggered by the land. Right? So if I don't have land, I have nothing to observe Shemitah with. If I, if I don't have produce, I have nothing to give Trumas and Maestros from. So Chovas Karka means mitzvahs triggered by the land. And where do those mitzvahs apply? Where do those mitzvahs apply? Only in Eretz Yisrael. There's two exceptions. Two exceptions. That's right. What are two exceptions? Arla Kilayim. Why? We don't know yet. We were just, we don't know yet. Sounds like Allah Moshe Misinai. Machlokes case, Machlokes case, Chadash. And what does the Machlokes depend on? How you interpret the word, and this is going to be tomorrow, we're going to see this more precisely in tomorrow's stuff, how you interpret the word Moshev. Tanakama says Moshev means Bechol Makom Sha'ata Yoshev, wherever you live. Wherever you live. So wherever you are, wherever you are, there's a mitzvah of Chadash. Rabbi Eliezer will say, no, Moshev means La'achar Yerusha V'yeshiva, after the land is conquered. After, after the land is conquered, therefore Chadash only applies in Eretz Yisrael. Fine, so we'll say, so now, we just introduced another opinion of Rabbi Shmuel. So we'll say, this actually is interesting, we should then open up another Machlokis, Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Akiva. What's the Machlokis, we'll say, what's the Machlokis? The Machlokis ultimately, again, is were there Nesachim, were there wine libations in the desert or not? Rabbi Shmuel says no, Rabbi Akiva says yes. And that kind of opened up, that kind of opened up a whole bunch of different stuff. Incredible. So we'll say, so let's go back to a little bit. So the Gemara says as follows. The Gemara says, uh, what did we get up to? So we'll say, now that we say that a chovas agof, okay, I have one more thing to say about a sacher, but okay, we'll just go back there for one minute. I have to, I have to tell you this before we dive in. Sigmar says as follows. So we'll say, so now that we say that right, chovas agof, a mitzvah comment upon the person, applies in our Israel and chuslaretz, Moshe, the Kasev Rachmona, Gabi Shabbos, Lamali. So why does the Torah use the Lashon of Moshe by Shabbos, right? Why use that Lashon at all? B'chol Moshe Seichem, to which the one doesn't, this one is incredible. Yitzrich, Sa'alait Chamina, Ho'ilu Binyana Demodos, Ksiva, Tibai Kiddush Kimodos. But I might have thought that since Shabbos is written in the section of the Yamim Tovim, of Yamim Tovim, I might have thought that maybe Shabbos needs a declaration just like Yom Tov. What does it mean about saying? How do you get a Yom Tov? How do you get a Yom Tov? What has to happen in order for Yom Tov to occur? Beisdin has to be Mekadesh the Chodesh. They have to sanctify the new month. And I will say, how does Beisdin sanctify the new month? They must make an active declaration of Mekudosh, Mekudosh. Right? They must make that declaration. I might have thought that because Shabbos ultimately is in the same section of the Yom Tovim, maybe it requires a declaration of you know, Shabbos, Shabbos, just like Yom Tov. Kamash Malon, no, the Gemara says, Kamash Malon, means you create Shabbos in your own homes. I.e., there does not need to be a declaration of Beis. Isn't that fascinating? That's what Moshe Seichem means. Not only does Shabbos apply anywhere, we know Shabbos applies anywhere, 
Rosh means we don't need a declaration from Beisdin. Shabbos is something that occurs on Luki Rashi, Tibai Kiddush, Beisdin, Falo Nog, Kiddush, Elabiyu, the Kidamar. Good. Sefagabos says Halacha Maisa. Moshe means, Moshe means the Halacha Maisa. You declare, you quote unquote, Shabbos doesn't need an official declaration from Beisdin. Rather, you establish it. So, just the last minute we have, we'll stop over here for today. I just have to share with you a ridiculous medrash. Ridiculous medrash. So, I will say, this is my focus. Can this Sachim apply in Eretz Israel? In Midbar or not? Midbar or not? So ultimately, again, there's the Machlokis, Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Shmuel says no. Rabbi Akiva says yes. So, say, so ask the Medrash, ask the Medrash, where did they get wine for Nesachim in the desert? Where did they get wine for Nesachim in the desert? So there's different opinions in the Medrash. We'll see, get ready for this. Medrash in Shira Shirim, the Yomar says, Rabbi Levi Amar Min Ha'eshkol, from the cluster of grapes that the Meraglim brought back from Eretz Yisrael. Right, the cluster of grapes that the Miraglim brought back, which was a, which was a gizunta cluster, right, that gave them wine for the forty years in the desert. Gave them wine forty years in the desert. And I was say, is that not incredible? And what a fantastic Musar Haskell. That cluster of grapes was the source of the undoing of Chal Yisrael. Right, it was those very grapes. Was those very grapes that ultimately set right allowed the Miraglim to say, look at this. This is like Chernobyl over here, you know, like, like what, 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 what's going on over here? It's ridiculous, it's crazy, it's terrible, right? This fruit, is, this, is not a rep- this doesn't represent bracha, this represents abnormality. It's too big, it's too much, it's too abnormal. That's what got everyone worked up and got everyone to rebel against Kali Yisrael. And yet, that very cluster is what fueled Nesachim for four decades. They will say, what's the Musa Haskell? The Musa Haskell is sometimes... It's the very things that undo us. It's the very things that are our weaknesses. The very things that are the cause for our averas, that are the cause for our missteps and misdeeds in life that become the very vehicles for our personalistic growth. I will say this is the concept of tshuva. The pow- what's the power of tshuva? The power of tshuva is the ability to take my averas and learn from them. I know what my weaknesses are. I know the chinks in my armor. I know what I have to work on. I know the areas that need attention. I know the things in which, or areas in which I am deficient. I know the areas in which I have to improve. And now that I know all of my weaknesses, and now that I know all of my misdeeds, now that I know exactly my Achilles heel, those, I now can work on those things, that undoing all of those misdeeds, because they've identified for me the areas that I have to work on, become the very source of my strength. My cluster of grapes can become my nesachim. The very things that led to my previous undoing could become my present sources of strength. Allow your eshkol, allow your grapes to become your nesachim. Alright, well, so stop over here for today. Shikoyach. Why do you think Rashi...